Hello and welcome to episode number 90 of the Perth to Paisley podcast. We're getting closer, we're getting closer to that episode 100, which is in and of itself pretty mental. <laughs> welcome to our season 2021-22 review. It's going to be a weird episode because one, I'm hosting and they always tend to be a bit more rambly and weird, but also it's a review. There's nothing specific for us to speak about in terms of a game, a player or anything like that, but we'll get through it all. It's going to be a good one. I, as ever, am Daniel McIver and joined by Adam Kennedy. Adam, how you doing? I'm all right, mate. uh, What about yourself? Doing good. I'm looking forward to this. I know you're not. We're just going to preface this by you're not looking forward to it. Why? It's going to be so, great. I'm so underprepared that I just feel like, I don't know, like there'll be nice parts of this nostalgic episode, there'll be some not so nice parts of this nostalgic episode I'm sure, so I don't. I think it's because I don't know what's coming and what's going to be good <laughs> and bad. This, this is going to be an utter shambles and a complete shit show. But that's what this podcast has been for the past 90 episodes. So there's nothing new there. So in reality, I should be fine. I'm, I'm good to go. I'm great. How are you? I'm, I'm doing very well as well. I'm looking forward to how much of a shit show this is going to be. And let's take you back to the 28th of July, 2021, where there was still a shit show. It was episode number 49, which is... We've done a lot of episodes this season. Jesus. <laughs> that's it's the most consistent we've ever been. I know, it's unbelievable. Hopefully it continues into next season. But we're going to take you back then because that is when we did our preview for the upcoming season. Now, of course, there needs to be some context to this. 20th of July, you may be thinking, oh, okay, there was still a month and a bit of the transfer window to be done. (laughs) We had um, just come up from the championship. Of course, winners, but... There was a lot of, hmm, how ready are we for the step up to the Premiership? At this point, we at Hearts had made two signings, one of which wasn't even a new signing. It was just the permanent signing of Josh Ginelli from Preston on a free. And the day before was the very much out of nowhere on loan signing of Alex Cochran. Cochran. Yeah, that's right, because even after we'd done our season preview... Between our season preview and the review of the first game, Benny Beningame had signed and was class yes. against Celtic. That's right. Jesus, what a time to be alive. That That's mad that that's, what, 10, 10 months ago? Yeah. Near enough, yeah. 11 by the time that you listen to this? Crikey. Yeah. yeah, it's mad. So, however, please understand that that's the context we're making our predictions under. It's not that we saw all these signings come in and saw the start of the season and made some of these predictions because I feel like some of them would have been a bit different. But we're going to start with our predictions, then move <laughs> on to speaking no. about how we felt the season as a whole in terms of the league has gone, and then go more specific into Hearts' season overall. So we will start with Daniel and Adam's predictions for the 2021 2022 season. Adam, player of the year, I. Stuck to my guns and went with the same person I went with last year. Liam Boyce. And went with Liam Boyce. Now, I don't think he was in the top conversation for player of the year. But still, our top goal scorer in terms of all games across the season. Still had, he was still the number nine for large parts of the season for the team that finished third and got into Europe. I would say he played quite well. But I definitely did get that wrong. Let's be honest. Okay. Now, do you remember... Oh, yeah, I want to preface this. Adam didn't go back and listen deliberately. I'm glad he didn't. So he might not be able to remember what his predictions were. I I really hope that I've gone with Craig Gordon, but I don't get the impression that I have. (laughs) Oh, no! I know who I said! I know who I said, didn't I? I said that there was going to be more to come from a signing that Robbie had previously (laughs) made. Oh, no, I've got this disastrously wrong. Oh, dear. Um, I went back and listened to this. Is today, it a three-letter abbreviation that he's known as by any chance? Maybe. There's, <laughs> there's a chance that there is. So I went back and listened to this, and I don't know why, but in my head, I had that Adam went with Craig Gordon. So I was going into so the podcast did I. going... You should have gone with that. Yeah, going into the podcast going, oh, for God's sake, first category, and Adam got it 
kind of I know it's a subjective award, but Adam's predicted the guy who got the award for Player of the Year. But no, Adam, and I want to just uh, I've got some quotes to back all this stuff. Oh up. no! So, <laughs> I want to. Oh, this, is, this asked, is why I was dreading this shit. Why are we doing this? This is nonsense. <laughs> Let's just reflect on a great season. <laughs> no. When Adam was asked who his player of the season will be in the return to the Premiership, he said, I'm going to stick by my man, someone who's taken a lot of flack but in recent weeks has massively improved. I believe Gary Mackay-Steven will be far and away our player of the year in our return. I did not say far and away. Surely yep. not. You said alongside others. You said Gordon will be up there, Boyce will be up there. You said Suter would be up oh, there. But you right. were like... I'm okay. going with GMS. He was like, I think he's going to surprise us all. Oh, he thank, didn't. honestly, <laughs> thank God I convinced Hearts to sign Barry Mackay. Otherwise, oh, I would have looked an absolute numpty. <laughs> Gary Mackay, Stephen. Oh, I've cursed. <laughs> I've cursed Gary. I'm sorry. In fairness, that season opener, he scored the winner. It, he scored well, the winner against Celtic. Yeah. So it was looking. It was looking good. I remember the week after. The week after, you were buzzing because you were being. Because I remember you got a bit of stick for that at the time, being like, GMS, and then he did that, and you were like, it's oh, happening, lads. Oh, my hands up, lads. Fair enough. Those, <laughs> those that called me out, fair play. Now, move on to Young Player of the Year. We kind of got knackered here by Nielsen. Because, because we only had... <laughs> play any young players <laughs> yeah. We only had the three games of the Betfred Cup group stages to go off at this point. And in those three games, we picked the guy who scored and got two assists across those three games, and that was Finlay Pollock. Pollock. Yeah. Yeah. However, of course, he then just, as rightly, in fairness, he was 16, like, just rightly went out on loan. But that meant that our thing was knackered. Did I say Chris Hamilton the year before then? Cause that the year before actually, in the championship. See, if I had yeah. said that this year, that actually might have looked all right. I don't yeah. know why neither of us went for Cochrane as well, because he'd have been eligible at that stage and that was like one yeah. of the ones that we'd signed but that, I guess true, I guess we'd have probably thought that Stephen Kingsley would also fill in at left back so yeah that's fair I don't know uh, we pretty self-explanatory one we both went with Liam Boyce for top goal scorer so we actually did get one right which is, is great um, we we said we were gonna go for star signing, but we literally had only made two. Uh, I just want to clarify this: on the twentieth of July, twenty twenty one, Daniel then says, "Don't worry, because Andy Carroll's coming in; he'll be star signing." Oh so I've been beating this drum for a long time. Before he said he spell what Reading and now West Brom, and now yeah. that's come to an end. Oh, Listen, I'm not just it's a flash no, in the pan guy. No, 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 no. No, no. Right. Hey, listen. No, no is definitely something that you should be saying because no, now no. we get <laughs> to the big one. So again, people are going to get sick and tired of hearing this, but this was made pre-signings, so we both did give that context. However, leak position at the end of the season. Oh no, I, I, I kind of cheated a bit because I technically gave two answers. I said, at the time of recording with the squad we had, fifth. I said, at that that's, point, we'd finish fifth. That's still all right. That's not too far away. Then, I said, if we make more signings, we'd finish at least fourth. Mm. Do you remember what you said? I think I said seventh. You did indeed say seventh. And I your rationale... I remember chucking Behind that it. in on Talk Scottish Football. And we well, that was the thing, yeah. yeah. You already had a league table set out before yeah. we came in to That's it. Right. Um, your logic was you didn't buy into the do- the really doom and gloom people who were saying that we were going to be in a relegation battle. I, of course, with my prediction, definitely didn't think that. But you said that with the current squad, you felt seventh and that any new signings could maybe take us into the top six. Right. Okay. So, it's not it's not drastically wrong, but it's still somewhat wrong. I think it's made worse because of how good the season we. It's not like we just finished third. Like we finished third at a complete canter. So it's made your prediction look worse because you didn't even have us top six. And and what I will say is that I thought that Hibs and Aberdeen would be much better. And St Johnston, well, I think I had as well. Well, well this Johnston, is where it gets Pips, interesting. Aberdeen, and I'm trying to think of who else. 
So, maybe St Mirren as well did I have? Above? We then did league tables. Now, I will say, and I said this at the time, you had an advantage because I did my league table off the top of my head without any like, yeah, thought that's true. put on it. Whereas I, I, I had to, yeah, I had to have had mine ready or whatever. Yes. I will say, right now, neither of us got a single team in the right position. <laughs> Absolutely no surprise. So, my league table... We actually, I'll say this: we both had the same top two. We both had Rangers to win the week because at that point they were looked unstoppable completely. Yeah. And I don't even th- had Ange been appointed by the twenty. Oh yeah, of course he did because he, it was he, a week before he, he played he, us. Yeah, yeah. He, he had. But again, like I think they just got battered off West Ham. Yeah, we were looking at pre-season like results and exactly the West Ham yeah. one was the one that stood out. I think to everybody, he hadn't made any of his signings. No. He only made Starfelt, I think, as a signing. I think that and, was it. And a, another thing was that he hadn't. And still, obviously, hasn't brought any backroom staff in with him. It's solely yes, of course. him and yeah. you know the Celtic coaches that were previously there. Yeah. Now we differed on third. I felt that Hibbs would maintain it. Uh, my exact quote was, "I don't see Hibbs slowing down anytime soon." And then the first week of the season happened, <laughs> and that's when the slowing down kind of started. And Do you I remember had, who you had third? Yeah, I had. Uh, St Johnston because I thought they'd keep a hold of Jason Kerr and Ali McCann. So yes, you had third Which of course, St Johnston. They didn't. <laughs> and again, that you did say that as well. You felt St Johnston were going to do incredibly well because they're keeping hold of their players. <laughs> and uh, thanks, the, the Germans absolutely Judas me by selling two of the two, probably yes. the two best players on yeah. transfer deadline day of all times. We again differed on fourth as. However, we differed and both got it wrong. You said Hibs, I said Aberdeen. However, I then had a little like, where has this been, Daniel? This type of analysis. I also said they will either get fourth or Stephen Stephen Glass won't see Christmas. Yeah, again, I I think I had them fifth and I said that I I didn't see... Like, Stephen Glass, I think he'd only had the sort of real... European result was it? They mm-hmm. battered the Swedes. Was it yep. hacking or somebody? And they looked quite was, good. Yeah. And yeah, and everybody was sort of mouthing off. I didn't foresee that, um, but I certainly didn't see them finishing tenth. I'm still a bit impressed with myself that I called Glass was going to get sacked by Christmas. Don't know why. Then that means I put them. Was forward, he sacked at Christ- No, because Jim Goodwin didn't know. have a window. I don't think. Did I'm not? fairly certain. Yeah, I'm going to basically. That. I said but he'd get sacked. Did, yeah. You said during him, the season. You said he wouldn't see a season. Yes. So yeah, you had Aberdeen in fifth. I had us in fifth as my lowest possible position. Then sixth, I had St Johnston. You had St Mirren. Now and they finished what eighth? Eighth, yeah. So you were all right there. That wasn't too bad. My St Johnston <laughs> shout is weird because I simultaneously said they finished sixth. But also, when speaking about it, I said St Johnston will massively fall off due to European games, and if they and if they lose their players, we will without a doubt finish above both St Johnston and St Mirren clearly. Nice. So I'm chuffed with that. That's a good shout. (laughs) Even though I said he was sixth. (laughs) Sorry, go back to Aberdeen. Uh, Mm -hmm. Stephen Glass was sacked in February. So yeah, I was going to say I didn't think that Jim Goodwin had a window. But hey, that that was still a pretty good call. That wasn't too I'm bad. glad I called that, that you did that. That was pretty good. So we then move into the bottom half of the table. You predicted us to finish seventh. Which <laughs> of course definitely didn't happen. I'm pleasantly this... surprised, Hearts. I love you, really. Yeah. Outside of the big clubs, this is the closest either one of us got. I predicted St. Mirren to finish seventh and they finished ninth. Ooh. So not, not far off. Not, not far off. Then we both had we both had shocking takes. I then predicted Dundee to finish eighth, wow. and you predicted Motherwell. Now yours isn't wow. actually as bad considering how they played. They probably deserved to play that to finish so, there. So I had Motherwell higher than you. That's one of that's one yes. of like the sole consolation points that I could take. <laughs> <laughs> I backed Graham Alexander, one of my favourite yes. managers in the SPFL, albeit they are absolutely shite. Yes. I then had Motherwell in ninth. Oh, that's you... my place. That doesn't really count, does it? Yeah. You had Dundee United in ninth. 
there was a lot of discussion from us both about how Tam Courts was going to do. I thought him and Glass were going to be failures. You weren't sure on how either of them would do. And obviously one was definitely proved to be better than yeah. the other one. I still wasn't buying into Stephen Glass, but I just thought that they'd give... Yeah. Like, I thought Aberdeen were in it for the long haul and it just seems yes. like they, they cut ties. Uh, in 10th, I had Livingston and you had Dundee. So, oh, it's a bit like... Oh, whatever. Uh, we... We still, I, I was just about to say, what's interesting is we didn't pick a single team, barring the old firm, to finish in the same position. Because I had um, Dundee United in 11th, because I was convinced oh, Tam Coates was going to be a disaster. Oh. I thought they were going to get knackered, and you had Ross County in 11th, why which is a much more why understandable I think, Why did I think you had United bottom? I don't... Hmm. I think because I said I thought they were going to get relegated, relegated. and then during it I was like, yeah. oh, they might make playoffs. All right, <laughs> and okay. then, then, here's a, there's, another, there's another fun quote coming up. I had Ross County because I just thought they were going to be very I, I know why I said Livingston. It's because you had Livy. They'd lost because J. Emmanuel Thomas. <laughs> the it. exact quote is, Jets left, they won't score goals without them. In fairness, who'd have seen that Bruce Anderson would hit double figures in league I goals? I don't even think that's the problem. I just think, considering how bad Jet did... Yeah, it went off <laughs> yeah he, that, was, that was an appalling fit. I don't know why I thought that, yeah. was, a, that was a good signing. So yeah, those were our predictions. The league table was a disaster for both of us. We didn't Shock. get a single team right. <laughs> why are people listening to us? God, but, on the that... Board. How have you felt the season has gone overall as a league? Because there's been a lot of discussion about the quality, a lot of discussion about how oh, entertaining it's been. I think everybody knows my thoughts. I'd, like, I don't think it is a great league. I think we are decent. I think we are, you know, at above average, probably. Um, but... I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna be blind to the fact that Hibs have underperformed, Aberdeen have underperformed. Um, you're probably looking at it and saying Ross County definitely exceeded expectations. Motherwell have. Um, Dundee United, you probably could argue as well. So, on the whole, I mean, I've been look. I've been pleasantly surprised. I did not foresee the the shadow of bodies that would come in. To then guide us up to third, um, and it has been a solid league season. But I, I don't know. I, I can't help but feel as though, for as good as we've been, we've been aided by other clubs being so poor. If that makes That's, sense, I think that definitely does make sense. I agree in terms of. I, I don't think it's a matter of me agreeing or not. I think it's an objective fact that the league has been a lower quality than it has been in yeah. recent years. I can, also I, think... can I just say, sorry, before you go on to that, I, I think that's the case everywhere, though. Like, the, the Scottish yeah, Championship, I'm looking at it and thinking, Inverness were had to play, obviously, the six games to get promoted, which in itself is a disgrace. But they were done in, and they've just been blown away by St. Johnston. I think St. Johnston had scored something like 24 league goals in their 38 games. And there they are, they've scored a quarter of that against Inverness in two games. So the disparity between Premiership and Championship even is alarming, and it's poor, you know, all like down through the lower you go. So, I I agree with all that, and I think there is something to be said though that it's probably well not probably it definitely has been the most competitive league in a while in terms of the middle ground, not the top because Rangers and Celtic. Well, it's been competitive in terms of between them. It's been the first time in a long time that we've actually had like. A title race, which has been a real norm. Like, it's been weird for a lot of people, I think, to actually have a title race. Then we were a bit different, which is what we'll get into when we speak about us as a whole. But as we everybody kept joking about for more than half the season, fourth to tenth, if you've got two wins, you could go from tenth to fourth, fourth to tenth with two losses. So I think, in terms of entertainment, and again, listen, we are sitting here as by far the third best team in the country. So we kind of have that luxury of going, oh, we get to enjoy how tense it is in that middle ground. But I'm assuming if you're one of the teams, you hate it. 
we can look down at the glob and be thankful that we're not involved, whereas those in the glob are looking at it thinking, they're probably doing mental maths week by week, looking at like three sides below them and thinking, well, they can't all possibly win in one week, so we might be all right for like another yeah. week. At the top of this like pile of dung in the middle here. And thankfully Basically. we're not dragged into, you know, St. Johnston and Dundee, <laughs> pretty much occupied bottom and second bottom for what? Oh, two, third, two thirds of the season? Well, I'm thinking Ross County got off to a slow start, didn't they? Yeah. But then something just clicked. Because they yeah. had one after like 10 league games or whatever it was. And then yeah. they just clicked into gear and went on this mad, crazy run that nobody would have seen coming. And then St. Johnston and Dundee were sort of just left behind and never quite recovered. Yeah, basically. Um, so. To review our season, before we go into our personal stuff and stuff like that, I just want to, the objective facts, the league table finished with Hearts miles clear in third. Post-split, we picked up a possible four points out of 15. Well, that's what I was going to say. It was miles clear prior to the split, and it's still fairly, like, it's still comfortable post-split, which is a testament to... Firstly, how poor we are in the split, but secondly, how poor everybody else is in the split. So thankfully, those that were poor in the split couldn't catch us, who were equally as poor in the split. So you sort of had the table pretty much after, what, 33 games, really. Basically. And it is a testament to how amazing we were in those 33 games yes. to get such a run-up. That Can we please, pre-split. like, again, I am asking to abolish the split. It does not make I any sense. It's I nonsense. But they, like, COVID was the perfect time to restructure the leagues. So, of course, they didn't, and now they won't. So, looking at the actual league table, 38 games were played. We won 17 games, the third most in the league. We drew 10, which, do you remember at the start of the season, we just had hundreds of draws, and then we just then seemingly never drew again. After, like, November or something like that. There was a a sort of weird stage. I think we'd kind of, we'd drawn at Ibrox... Then did we get held at home to Dundee? Yeah, then we and drew I, up at St Johnston. Yeah, and I think we'd we'd already we'd already drawn to Aberdeen and Hibs at home. Yeah. Yeah, both. Uh, sorry, a one-one and a nil-nil. Yeah. So yeah, that like we kept the unbeaten thing for a good wee while. I think we went into like November. And then maybe yeah. we finally lost. The Aberdeen game was our first loss. That's right, and then. I don't want to say the wheels fell off then because, like, we've done. Oh wait, we'll, well. Get we'll get you that. We'll get you that. But that's what. That. But that's what I was going to say because then, like, we're looking at it with like a month or well, two months to come, and then we go again in January, and obviously we'll get into yes. you know why our season probably took that sort of second lease of life. Yes. So we then lost eleven, which was three less than the second most amount of losses. Interestingly, the two teams who were next were Dundee United in fourth and then St Mirren in ninth, both on 14. Did St Mirren not just draw far too many games? Yeah, they got four t- They got the most amount of draws by far. They got 14 draws yeah, as well as Because Jim Goodwin, when he was there, he loved a draw with the buddies. He was drawn yes. with everybody. And then we ended up finishing on a plus... Well... Not goal difference in terms of that. We scored 54 goals, which, again, was by far the third most in the week. That's still not all that high, though, is it? In 38 games. 54, like, that's, what, one... Just under one and a half goals a game. Yeah, basically, next to us was... Which was kind of always the theme. Ross County were next with they loved, goals. They loved it, but they just smashed Dundee. I think they scored something like eight yeah. against Dundee alone. Yeah. Like in their first two and games. I can't remember the, the third they got on. But. We then had one of the best defences in the league. Uh, Hibs actually had the third best defence in the league to fight, despite finishing eighth because Sean Maloney went in that run of four nil-nil draws in a row <laughs> where they just never conceded but never scored. Uh, we conceded 44 goals, exact same as Dundee United, interestingly enough, but we scored 14 more than Dundee United. And that put us on a goal difference. We were one of the three teams with a positive goal difference in the whole league. We finished on a goal difference of, of course, 10. And that meant 61 points from 38 games. Fourth was Dundee United on 48. So, that's the very basic stats. And we will now get into our thoughts. But first, we had a competition last week that I will let Adam speak about as we thankfully 
got some replies, got some views. So we wanted to hear, before we give our thoughts, we got some listener marks and thoughts on the season. And we'll kind of speak about that before we speak about ours. So Adam, first of all, read everybody's views on the season, all the ones that we got with the marks, and then let everybody know who won the two prints. Nice. So... First of all was John Roberts, uh, not John Robertson, which of course would have been quite nice, but Robo follows the, the account on Instagram, so that's good enough. Robo, make sure that you're watching and tuning in every week, that'd be smashing. Um, I, but his namesake, John Roberts, I uh, don't know if it's Jordan's dad or not, says, Heart season 7 out of 10, clearly third best in Scotland and should remain so with the European money coming, unlucky drawing the League Cup out to Celtic early. Great run in the Scottish Cup, but didn't really play anyone we shouldn't comfortably beat until the final where we didn't turn up. Uh, The reason for such a low score is solely down to our record against the bottom three sides. Aberdeen, 4 out of 9 points. St Johnston, 4 out of 9. Dundee, 4 out of 9. To only take 12 points out of 27 against the three worst teams in the league shows that we need to improve significantly both in personnel and tactically to get anywhere near where we need to be despite finishing in third by a wide margin and not winning any of our last four games overall a good season but not great what do you make of that i like that i, I didn't actually realize that the stats about the, uh, our performance against what turned out to be the bottom three teams obviously at the time as the results came in i was of course aware but it does make for an interesting point where we've seemingly outperformed against the kind of better teams but really underperformed against the lower end teams as well the uh, the Dundee one had haunted me because even then like they were bottom and came to Tynecastle and won that was that was by far one of the one of the way like one of the worst nights of our season sorry because that was just absolute dross but it, yep. it is what it is um Scott Wilson, not the Hearts announcer, coincidentally, I don't think, um, but it seems to be another Scott Wilson, um, has said, Hearts season 8.5 out of 10. Um, and he said, Reasoning to be best of the rest in the league, considering we were the newly promoted side, is more than a good season, and obviously achieving European football. However, with the poorish performance in the cup final, it taints a very good season. In retrospect, what more can we ask for as Hearts fans finishing third as highlighted in this episode? We are miles off either of the old firm, Winning the cup final would have equaled a 9.5 out of 10 season. Finishing closer to the old farm would make it a 10 out of 10 season with the Scottish Cup final win. I think that's fair. Agree with that? Right, okay. Um, Michael Harrison has put a comment that you certainly won't agree with. Uh, <laughs> Haring, far too slow, the end. Michael, come on, man. All, all I'm going to say is, that's that's Big Pete's only bugbear for me. I've said it a couple of episodes. Because he's got everything else. He's top. And if you think that's bad enough, Daniel, what he says in regards to our season is a 6 out of 10. So, I think we flattered to deceive this year. I think if you were to remove Craig Gordon, we'd be lucky to be 5th in the league. We also got a fairly comfortable run in the Scottish Cup, but got to the final, and we were found out with squad size, fitness and ability. I think we did well to get 3rd since being promoted, and watching every game this season, I can't really think of one game that we were 100% comfortable, and that includes the games we won. Sorry for being pessimistic, but I've been watching Hearts since 1982, so I think I've got good, <laughs> I think I've got enough of a memory to know what's good and what's bad. <laughs> Kingsley's goal was immense, though, <laughs> which I'm assuming was in response to the Prince, but I, I can't disagree. That's the best goal that I've ever seen watching Hearts. Um, and Carol's commented saying seven out of ten, finished in third. Actually, do you want to give <laughs> do you want to give your full response to Michael before I go into Carol's comment? Not yet, because I'm kind of going to bring parts of what he said and what others have said right, okay. into my analysis of the season. Well, sorry, Carol, for interrupting your comment. Um, and she said seven out of ten, finished in third. Some nice football to watch at times. Didn't get beaten a derby all season. Some good signings and some that I think will improve after a proper pre-season. Plus a European place for next season. Had some great European match nights back in the early 90s at Tynecastle and would love those days back. I finally got to bring my daughters from Cambridgeshire to see the team that their dad supported at their home ground when they'd only seen them in pre-season in 2012-13 at Rotherham. Sucks living so far away. And she said, overall the league table shows that we finished third. Remarkable when this time last year we were promoted as champions HHGH. Again, that's first of all the main talking point of that though is that's class that they got to come up and see that is get, that's amazing I hope they enjoyed it that is good um, 
I, and yeah, like she does say that this time last year we were promoted as champions. This time last year, <laughs> I was depressed. Like despite Hearts <laughs> winning the league, when I see like Queen of the South coming to Tynecastle winning, Wraith Rovers coming and winning. Like Queen of the South are going to be playing Edinburgh City in league football next season. What is this? Honestly. Um, and then we've got a couple more. Ben Audlin has said, Hearts FC season 8 out of 10. We are the best of the rest in Scottish football and our team rebuild has been unbelievable. Savage and Nielsen have done really well and the squad has beaten the teams we need to on a regular basis. We secured European, fo- European football by beating Hibs and we secured a Scottish Cup final by beating Hibs. Even though we did not end with a trophy, it was because we played the old firm teams who are levels ahead of us. Only downsides of the season were our defeats to Dundee and St Johnston and our player injuries at Tannadice. That's a great shout. <laughs> hopefully we can turn up in the bigger games like we do in the smaller, and hopefully the rest of the teams can have a mayor next season as well. <laughs> Fantastic podcast, lads. It's been therapeutic as per usual. I've loved listening to these, being able to laugh, cry, and just accept the goods with the bad. I wouldn't change it for anything, though. Mon the JITs. Thank you very much for your positive words, Ben. Greatly Definitely. appreciate it. Um, and then finally, we've got Jazz Jazz Brunts. Hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Heart season eight and a half out of ten. On the one hand, great return from the championship uh, and unexpected given how the previous season had gone. However, extremely disappointed with our performances against an admittedly very strong old firm and some of the tactics from the management team. Mac and F starting out the blue at Ibrox, then disappearing again is one I will never get my head around. Feels like mm-hmm. playing for pens in a cup final has soured the season a bit, but everyone needs to st- take a step back and look at the big picture. Buzzing for Europe. Again, can't, can't disagree yeah. with that. Definitely, that's very fair. So, listen, and by the way, before anybody gives a shit, Adam's picking the winners. So if you disagree oh, yeah. with oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just Just leave me to get the abuse. Well, yeah. first of all, I have to say... Scott Wilson's been smart because I think he's the only one that wanted a Sims print. But his comment's actually really good, <laughs> so I will give him that. Um, and Scott, I'm going to give you the Sims print. Congratulations. Um, we will get in touch, obviously, through YouTube, probably. Uh, yes. And I'll, I'll come, out to, come out to your gaff and deliver it to you. Um, and the other... I really like Jas Brunt's comment as well because they said at the end... As for print, if I'm lucky enough to be a winner, we'd love the Kingsley one so that everywhere we go, I could put it on show. Very, very nice. nice. So, that's, yeah. That's cute. Jazz, you can, you can earn the Stephen Kingsley one. So we've got Scott Wilson uh, for Ella Sims uh, and Jazz Brunts for Stephen Kingsley. Thank you very much for your participation and congratulations to the winners. Perfect. And yeah, we'll get in contact with you guys and just get it all sorted. And for those who missed out, we will be running more of these during next season and stuff like that. So you'll have a chance. But, now, let's get into our thoughts. So, I've obviously prefaced it with that's all the stats. I wanted to just quickly kind of give like squad overview really quickly in terms of ins and outs. So, in terms of outs, there was a lot. (laughs) We let a lot of people go. So, in terms of actually letting them go, there was Andy Irvin, who technically left at the end of last season, but it's part of this window. It's part of the window that we had in the summer. So what a great move Andy Irvin chose. Eh? I mean, his agent yeah. has played an absolute blinder, to be fair. Fair fucks Exactly. So, Andy Irvin, Armand Nandwele, Craig Whiten, Ollie Lee, Christoph Berra, Elliot Freer, A.D. White, Harry Cochran, Lewis Moore, Colin Doyle, Jordan Roberts, Jamie Walker, Mihai Popescu, all left permanently. The Pesky's obviously, he's just not been kept on. Then, we sent out Jamie Brandon, Ewan Henderson, Finlay Pollock, Connor Smith, Chris Hamilton, am I missing anybody else? One loan? No, you're asking. Harry Stone. I don't think I'm missing anybody else. Apologies if I am. Cammy Logan? Cammy Logan as well. Thank you very much. And then, we released... Um, Bobby Zlamal and Stephen Naismith retired. So there was a huge turnover in terms of players leaving. And I don't think, when looking at that list, anybody complained about any of them. People probably want to keep Naismith, but that's a different thing. Like, Thank he God you said that. I was just thinking that's such an uninspiring list of names. Well, then the list of names that came in 
<laughs> was kind of the opposite of uninspiring. Well, because... it was it was somewhat inspiring to then be equally inspiring, but also slightly underwhelming with some certain names. Yeah, certain names. So, <laughs> this is whole, in, in great a, job. Yeah, this isn't in any order, by the way. This is just on the transfer market. I don't know how they do it, but this is just the list of transfers. So, Ross Stewart was made permanent, as There's was Josh Ginelli. <laughs> yeah, as was Josh Ginelli. Both were made permanent from their loans the season previous. Then, in terms of the four loan guys, Alex Cochran came in from Brighton, Ella Sims came in from Everton in January, Taylor Moore and Ben Woodburn also both came in, all four on loan. And then, in terms of actual sign-ins, uh, who kind of all of them were the big names that everybody's kind of been a fan of. We had Benny Beningamy, Barry Mackay, Cami Devlin, Nathaniel Atkinson, and Toby Civic. Now, that feels, that feels think, like it should be more, can I just say? It does. That's what I was actually going to say, because we operated... Uh, by the way, I'm going to get all this information from two accounts, uh, the Maroon Report, who is much appreciated, and Alan Morrison sixty seven, who's actually a Celtic fan, but he did a bunch of stats and analysis oh, of Hearts this season. Is that, is that so, that boys' analytics on? Twitter, no, it's Celtic right? by numbers. I'd never heard of them until this past week when I was doing research. So massive thank you to both of them for this. So as you'll we're get the sufficient credit down below. Don't worry. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> as we've just kind of hinted at, Hearts had the smallest squad in the league. We used a core of nineteen first team players with a general squad of 21 Wow! looking at it there are probably only two sign-ins that we made that you were say were unsuccessful and I would argue that's Ben Woodburn and Ross Stewart because at least Taylor Moore Josh Ginelli who are kind of the two other weak ones they I've still contributed at some time. Yeah, whereas Ross yeah, Stewart just was Ross Stewart was objectively the worst. And Woodburn has obviously yes, he had that game against Dundee no, United and two that games. game. Yeah, yeah, two games. That game on Boxing Day, but that's not enough. Yeah. For United, that, United and County, where he scored it. He scored his three goals across yeah. said two games, but yeah, that's it. Um, overall, though. It's pro- especially for what the season went on to be. It's probably one of the most successful transfer windows in that real life. Oh, easy, easy, considering the years of dross that we've had before this. Yeah, and it's not even so much like the years of dross. Like even Craig Levine signed a couple decent players, but it was in and amongst you know like an entire first eleven and more. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of sort of quality as well as quantity with the two going hand in hand this is the best we've had in a good wee while but even then there's still doubts because I feel as though we can get better in and I've no doubt that Joe Savage will be the man to get better in for Robbie to hopefully use effectively Um, and we can see you know next season and beyond with the squad as it is right now it's probably the most excited that I've been at the end of the season going into another season. Previous seasons, we've been delighted for them to end. And whilst I'm delighted that this one's come to an end, given our poor form leading up to the cup final and our cup final performance, like, on the whole, it's disappointing because we've performed so well. But, again, this is perhaps what we need with a couple additions to then go fighting fresh you know we're, we're going to be fighting on different fronts with obviously playing mm-hmm. in Europe as well uh, and trying to compete in both cups as well as the Scottish Premiership so it's just when you couple everything up it does really make me excited going into next season I can't wait for it well one of the and probably the most important player wasn't actually a new signing and is definitely one to be excited for as he's sticking around it was Craig Gordon who won Fans and Players Player of the Year along with the Scottish Football Writers Player of the Year for the third time in his career. Now, this is where, to, if you didn't like stats, you're probably not going to enjoy the rest of this podcast because I've got a lot of stats that I find interesting because I'm a sad football manager person who likes all that part. So, but thanks for tuning in and we'll see you yes, next season. Yes, exactly. We'll see you next season. Now, even just from the eye test, 
as we just said, Craig Gordon won over everybody, even though they didn't really need one over. Especially Hearts fans who were thinking, we've probably got the best goalkeeper in the league when looking at it. And then, the stats very much proved that. So, there is a stat known as expected goals, which has become more prevalent within football. It takes a basis of... it. It basically puts a mathematical equation on chances and ranks them in terms of how likely the person is to score. And then that is applicable to goalkeepers in terms of how many goals they prevent. Not just bog standard saves, it's shots that should go in theoretically. How many of them do they stop? Now, the league average was around three. So people like Al McGregor stopped three guaranteed goals. Jack Anik did actually pretty well, the three and a half. The second to him was Xander Clark, who did six. Xander Clark had a very good season, which Sorry, is, is this, how is this per that. game or guaranteed no, goals? No, no, over the, the season. Right. Across the season. Sorry. So, if you look at the XG, Hearts were expected to concede 48 goals, which means Craig Gordon tops the chart as he, we only actually conceded 38. So Gordon, if you look at the stats, saved us 10 guaranteed goals. Now, if you go back to the table, we have a positive goal difference of 10. So there is a chance we could have had a completely net zero goal difference. It actually would have been like technically less because it depends when those goals happen. Do we then go on to win games, get points, score the goals that we actually should do? I was going to say, if you're going to take a punt at it, would you agree and say with Michael Harrison that we, you think he thinks that if we you were to remove Craig Gordon, we'd be lucky to finish fifth in so, the league? This is where the stats come out. I'm very sorry, Michael. I don't mean to go like personally against you. <laughs> no, it's it just, is, Michael. It is permanently. Yes, it is. It's very much against you. Um, this was. This has been the common theme of this season. It's been if Hearts don't have Craig Gordon, then they don't finish third. Well, and again, this is where you, you can't do that because it's like, well, who knows what would have happened? But yeah, they, taking, they do have Craig Gordon, so yes, you're just going to see what happens. Taking away Craig Gordon, I don't think that's 12 points of a difference in terms of I don't think anybody else would have had a run to keep us out of third now that can maybe go against go in favour sorry of the argument that just the league's not been good enough and that's maybe fair but I think Craig Gordon has obviously been team been player of the season right I think that's pretty it sounds much right he's the best goalkeeper I've ever seen play for us and he has been we have the best goalkeeper in the league by stats but exactly what you said we have him so it's kind of irrelevant whether or not oh well what would happen if we didn't have Craig Gordon it's like well what would happen if Celtic didn't make all their signings what would happen if we didn't have Liam Boyce who was our top goal scorer who was simultaneously scoring the goals what happens if we don't sign Ellis Sims I totally understand why people do that because it's a good thing to look at for example you look at that and go "Mm, was our defence actually as strong as we thought it was because we're conceding a lot of chances but we have Gordon so therefore we managed to keep like stay within it and it was okay it felt that the defence was stronger but we have Greg Gordon (laughs) so it's almost like well that's why you have the best players yeah I mean how dare a squad look to strengthen in order to you know drag themselves from the second tier to finishing comfortably in the third in the top tier it's like it's so obvious to say but Robbie's job is made easier with the recruitment of good players. This is what I've said, you know, like, even in the cup final, I'm thinking Robbie and his team have done well, but their job's made easy because they they recruit well. Joe Savage has recruited well. Craig Levine's job was a nigh-on impossible one when you saw the jokers that were lining up for him in his spell. Same with Daniel Stendhal, same with Ian Cathro. So everything has to coincide. I don't get the, the notion where... And it's only football that does this, where they'll isolate something or one factor that ultimately makes a side season. Yeah. Whether it be an out-and-out goal scorer, if they didn't have this one-man... Like, when teams are labelled a one-man team, if they didn't have him, where would they be? It's like, well, you you can't really do that because they do have him, and luckily for them, he's performing for them. So all the stars are aligning for us. Why? Why are we picking at flaws here? 
We should have been picking flaws when we saw dross that ultimately led us to the championship. Now we are up from the championship. I don't even want to think about that second tier ever again. So let's just accept it for it being a good season. And you can leave these sad bastards to argue in the booze till three, four o'clock in the morning about why Robbie Nielsen's an overrated manager or why Craig Gordon has effectively saved his management career or whatever else. Just why, like, be grateful for the season. Very much agreed. And another player that we should be very grateful for, and Hearts fans have been off season, is Barry Mackay. And there is another You're all chart. welcome. Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, there is another chart that demonstrates just like it's one of those moments where, again, looking at it, the eye test, every Hearts fan knows how important Barry Mackay has been, even though he went through that initial spell when he first joined, where the actual stats in terms of assists or goals weren't up there at the level but Hearts fans knew how important he was because it was just the fact that his teammates weren't putting away the chances he was putting on a plate for them however it's very just breathtaking when you see it in an actual graph where if you look at chance creation and it's players with at least 10 chances created I think I've seen this he's literally in an island on his own isn't he it's like abundantly clear just how pivotal Barry Mackay is in the bottom left hand corner is the sorry the bottom graph is expected assists and the top graph is chances created all our players are in the bottom left hand corner (laughs) where it's around their expected assists Boyce for example is the second most creative player with an expected assists of three Boyce actually outperformed that he got four so he was he's, he's well <laughs> in boys. He's done incredibly well. Congrats, <laughs> Liam. Yeah. Um, ben Woodburn then, interestingly, was second alongside Stephen Kingsley. You then go to the complete other end of the graph, and the top right-hand side is Barry Mackay, who is in the a league of his own in terms of chance created. Again, outperforming his expected assists. He was expected to get around eight and a half assists. He got ten, and it it's it's simultaneously clear that yes, he is our most creative aspect, and clear that why when he doesn't play well, we don't create anything as no one else in the team does. Nobody else can be asked. Yes, basically, yeah. So Barry Mackay is also. It's always nice when you you as a fan base go. I think he's had a good season. And then you look at, like, not just basic stats of goals and assists for an attacking player, but you look at, like, every little stat you can find that he should be good in, he is one of the league leaders in. Yeah, but there's no response as anybody that would look to counter that. Yeah, Because, like, it speaks for itself, and, look... you, You know that I love my midfield magician. What a wonderful player. But, again just hope that we can find somebody on that other flank and then hey we'll be we'll be looking strong can't wait and then two more things I want to mention about stats then we can get to our overall thoughts one of them is about Liam Boyce um, Boyce was our top goal scorer this season he got in 41 games he got 19 goal contributions with no I can't count 41 games 21 goal contributions 16 goals 5 assists he also picked up 3 yellow cards in that time the stats very much show that when Liam Boyce plays well, Hearts win. When um, he has been on the score sheet, we have almost never lost. I believe. I think when he's got, I think I can think on the top of my head, he scored his penalty against Celtic and we got beat. And then I can't really think of another game. And he missed, he missed a penalty against Celtic and we got beat two one. We were two 0 down. He got us. He pulled one back, missed the chance yes. to equalise, and then lost. Yes. Maybe that's... It. Oh, yeah, wait. Sorry, that's the game I'm thinking about. I forgot oh, that he missed but I, for, I forgot he scored from open play in that game. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's the only game I can think of. I, we might be forgetting something, but I, I'm pretty... It, no, you're I right. He scored from the spot at Parkhead in the League Cup. And we got we lost 3-2. Oh, of course he did. Yes, of course he did. Yes. So... Maybe it's just against Celtic. Yeah, maybe it is. Thinking about it. What we have often said on this show, and I'm sure many others have said it as well, that... When Liam Boyce plays well, Hearts play well. When Liam Boyce doesn't play well, Hearts don't play as well. And every stat showcases that. Obviously, he changed his role in January. Um, This is, again, 
settled by numbers Alan Morrison it was Boyce was on for go- top goal scorer before moving to a different role to accommodate Sims and you can absolutely see it in the charts up until January he was consistently almost one goal at least every two games and then post that he's roughly one every four but his assists then go massively up as prior to January he was assist every five games then he's an assist every three on average obviously that's not actually how it works like but just an average um Boyce I think has had a great season I think a lot of people have obviously the 20 goals he got to 10 so quickly he got to 10 by October that was our but fault then he, yeah it was our fault we jinxed him <laughs> then he got hurt as well we have to take that in consideration and as we say Sims came in that changed up the role completely Boyce basically didn't play as a striker apart from really in the semi-final I can like I remember it was kind of Boyce and him up front but again Boyce was still a bit deeper when the stuff he played more of a number 10 in the last five months of the season and he was flirting with being on the flank with Mackay on the other side yep. in support of Ellis Sims. So, in essence, it's Adam Kennedy, Daniel McIver, Robbie Nielsen, Lee McCulloch, and Gordon Forrest's fault. Yeah, basically. Um, and then, this is just for me, personally. Oh, nice. This is just for me and proof that I may slightly know what I'm talking about. All season, I have been saying that Alex Cochran is he's never go to wow you in terms of he'll never be the defining player in the game but he's been very consistent I then went to the Maroon Report and got him to run his numbers for me specifically so I could get them I wonder if that's the first time that the Maroon Report has ever had Alex Cochran (laughs) requested I'm not that much of a betting man as much as I used to be but I would confidently wager that that would be the case so I said my belief is he's solid not spectacular but more than does the job he's asked to do it was, yes, your eye test is in alignment with the data. As, when you look at it, every area defensively, he is more than solid. He's actually much better than the air than I expect him to be. He's around half of his duels he wins. Considering his size and he's out in the flank, I didn't expect that. I expected it to be far I was going to say exactly that. What height is he? I'm Do not actually sure. I'll check. Can okay. Me. Then... His defensive duels is 63% of them he wins, so more often than not he comes out on the other hand. Losses in his own half is only 30%. He very rarely loses the ball when in our half in the most important area. Basically, that's kind of what that means. Attacking-wise, he's not amazing. (laughs) He has quite a lot of successful dribbles, which is interesting. His 53% of his dribbles are accurate, so more again, more often than not, he wins that. Progressive runs are only 1.07. And crosses, in terms of accurate, is only 20%. Because his crossing isn't really great at all. And then his passing accuracy is one of the biggest ones for me. It's an 80% almost. It's 79.4%. He's and 5 foot 8, according to Google. So considering he wins... three metres. Yeah. Considering he wins more than half of his aerial duels, I think that's impressive. 173 centimetres. No. Fair play to him. Yeah, um, so, yeah, all the defensive aspects of his games, like his forward passes, even though, are 60% accurate, so more often than not, he gets it. His backward passes are 98.9% accurate. So, whenever he plays it backwards, it's <laughs> accurate. 98.9%? Yeah. So, he basically, whenever he passes it backwards to a defensive partner one, or a goalkeeper. I'm just thinking that 1.1%, like how... Yeah, what happened? Yeah, does that shell out for a goal kick? Does that shell out for a throw-in? Yeah. So, the Maroon Report, I don't want to put him on the spot here, especially if he isn't uh, here. But if you look at the data, he says he's one of the most solid, reliable left-backs we've had since probably Danny Granger. I threw in Eckersley in the 14-15 season, and that was met with, that's a good one as well, because he was very consistent. I really hope Cochrane comes back next season, because yeah, listen, he's not spectacular, he's not going to win us the game, he's probably, however though, not going to lose us the game. He barely, I think a lot of people are blinded, understandably, by the cup final performance, because he was so poor in that. But even then, I don't think, like, folk would probably look at worse performers before they got to Alex Cochran. That's fair. Really, and again, it sort of leads into what you were saying, like, for the most part, he went so under the radar Mm -hmm. that, do you get what I'm trying, like, I don't know, I just feel as though he's there and he's always there. Yep, definitely. But you can't, you can't knock him 
really and it's remarkable because he, he's only 21 or whatever he is isn't he yeah mm-hmm. 21 years of age and this is his second loan spell from Brighton yeah very impressive well done son and then the final player I don't have a lot of stats for this it's just someone that we've spoken about all season and has thankfully fully got into the good books of Hearts fans after what could have been a disastrous season for him Craig Halkett in the conversation for the league's most improved player probably alongside Ralston Reagan Charles Cook and who else couple good contenders there actually definitely I guess you could make an argument for Bassey because he was like he came out of nowhere Mm. You yeah, saw a young player making... That's, yeah, like... That's the three solid shouts. Not yeah. bad for Kyver. Oh, that's good. I know, right? See, that's I can't sorry. tell you. It's only taking um, many episodes. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, and I've got one thing. And I said Stephen Glass would be gone. Um, <laughs> he has the highest aerial duels won in the league to probably no one's surprise. I don't think this season he's ever lost out in a header. <laughs> like, I can't remember a time. He's looked so assured. He's kind of went back to what everybody expected we were getting from a Livingston captain who had had a very good season. Of course, it's no, it's probably no surprise it's come in a time where we've moved into his preferred formation as he's in the centre of a back three. He's not having to play the ball a lot. He's very much just the sweeper in that. And and there was a host the, of clubs that were in for him. We yeah. Hearts had supposedly nipped in ahead of a good few clubs in the queue. And now he's obviously had the Scotland recognition as well. So... You know, all all these stars have aligned for Craig Halkett, um, and we are reaping the rewards. So finally, we will now get to our thoughts on the season. So Adam, from you, I would like, much like we gave to the listeners last week, I would like a rating and why you would give that rating. Um, you're you're probably expecting me to be harsh, but I'll say <laughs> at all times. Yeah, eight and a half. I'll go with eight and a half out of ten. Reason being, I agree with you know a couple of the earlier comments where the cup final was a big one for me. I felt that was a massive missed opportunity. There's been results that I've been you know raging at, disappointed with, but that's the case, you know, throughout any season. That's to be expected. But on the whole, I've been very pleasantly surprised, um, and I want my heart's concerns to turn into stuff to be positive about ahead of next season. I'm wanting to see a good couple bodies come into Tynecastle that not only beef out the squad, but improve the squad, elevate the squad. Um, we're wanting quality as well as quantity, as has been the case uh, in Joe Savage's short reign so far on the whole, and I'm hoping that that will continue to be the case. What about yourself? I would, I'll be honest, I didn't expect you to give it that high. <laughs> I knew, I knew you would it, but no. I, I thought I, you'd thought, give it an eight. I thought you'd give it an eight. I was. I, so, I, I'm not gonna lie. That was in my head initially, but. because now it makes me sound like because the joke has been this season that I've been the more positive one. It now doesn't sound like I'm that much more positive, but I'm giving it a nine because for me, barring a trophy win, if we got a trophy, it would have been the best season of my life. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Like, um. So because of that, I'm not going to give it a perfect season because we didn't win a trophy. But that's kind of the only thing we didn't do. We were the newly promoted side, and yes, we're still hearts, so we're still expected. But listen, I remember when we were doing our review and making a couple of sign-ins, there were some people who were like, we're going to be in a relegation battle because Nielsen's in charge. We're going to be really struggling. It's been rubbish the last few months. We're going to be struggling. Non-Hearts fans were going, Nielsen doesn't know how to be a good manager. They'll finish in the bottom half. Outsiders looking in, we're not giving Hearts a chance whatsoever. Exactly. Like People who just don't know about Hearts, but just want to give an opinion on... Especially when Nielsen winds folk up so much, I don't really understand why. I would love to see what these same people are saying with regards to next season, where they'd have Hearts now. That would be because it's easy. Like recency bias comes into your season prediction. Of course it does. We we even mm-hmm. said it for Rangers. We probably both yeah, expected Rangers to win the league. We both expected, I don't know, Ross County to be struggling because that's what they tend to do, and yeah. neither came I, to fruition. I just like almost every signing was great, and even the ones that weren't great still did something most of the time. Like namely, like Taylor Moore. 
I think Atkinson, clearly there's a player in there who just needs time to develop. Sibic, I'm interested to see what he does with a pre-season under his belt. I hope to bring back Cochrane. Sims is one of the best signings we've made in terms of what he did for us. We didn't lose a derby all season. We won in the space of a week a derby to keep Hibs out of the top six. Then a derby, then a Hamden record was maintained at 100% in the Scottish Cup final to get us into groups. The most important year for a team outside the old firm to finish third. We do it at an absolute canter and get European group stage football. We have one of the, and I don't think this should be kind of looked at, like sneered at. We have one of the most likeable squads we've had in so long. And again, 100%. that's obvious because they're doing well. <laughs> like, we like them because we're doing very well. But oh, they do, like, they, we, we they had feel a superb cohesive. start last season. If we go off to yeah. a shocking start this one, the torches will be out. Don't worry about yeah. that. But So just, just enjoy it for the meantime, lads. Definitely. But for me, it's been a fantastic season. Yes, the cup final was disappointing. But... We're still playing the old one half of the old firm and one half of a very good old firm. This is the first time in about probably a decade where they've been as good as each other. They're, one of them's getting a European final, the other one's blitzing the league a year after getting mentally destroyed and not getting a 10 I think it's in a, a 29 point swing or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's something metal. Sadly, we're in a position where both sides of Glasgow are fantastic right now. So the rest of us have to just deal with that. And we have dealt with it by being by far the best of the rest. With my favourite manager in our lifetime. One of my favourite squads. So yeah, for me, 9 out of 10. Fair. Do you feel like that's too generous? No. Or? No. Again, like we've said we've both got our annoyances we've both had numerous mm-hmm. positives um, and I think again like we're talking about both the old firm being strong but I think this is the first time that we're actually both sort of optimistic with regards to <laughs> how a season's gone and what's to come yeah. so I do believe in miracles there we go <laughs> you, but that's what I mean like even this season you were not confident in Nielsen no. at all and now by the end of it you're doing this. You're actually confident going into next I, season with Nielsen. I, I'm actually giving him credit as well for some performances. And then slowing for some others, but I'm giving him <laughs> some credit for some. So yeah, a, a much more positive season that even I predicted, because I said we'd get maybe fourth, but it would be tight. When they react, much better than what you predicted. You're not wrong. So yeah. A massive thank you, I was going to say for this episode, but for listening this season, we've had like, as Adam said at the start, it's been our most consistent season, it's been helped by the fact, as I say, we've been really good for most of it, it's been really fun, but our listenership has grown more this season than it had in the like previous one and, and half, Covid didn't have dropped it to be fair. That's true, that's very true, we did have that break because of that, but the amount of support we consistently receive see the same faces, the same names, It's it helps us, because obviously, it does take effort to do this, it might not sound or seem like it, but it does take a form of effort to Sometimes do this. Sometimes minimal, granted. Yes, maybe, but it's always so encouraging, it never feels like a chore. We're going to be speaking about hearts anyway, but the fact that people are enjoying listening, it means the world to me, and I'm assuming it means the same to you. Oh, I mean, even when I come on and slew half the squad and Robbie, it, it's an absolute <laughs> honour to do so. So You're getting yeah, the bed sheets I'm just amazed that folk listen to this shite, if I'm honest. Yeah, I know, it's ridiculous. Because some of it is absolute nonsense, let's be honest. But, hey, we get a, we get a couple of big names. We need some more guests, I think. I think we're going to try and get some guests in, in potentially the off-season, potentially the coming season. Who knows? So keep your eyes peeled. It's all happening. But we're probably go to take at least a week off because there's nothing to talk about just now like our season starts earlier so we'll be back sooner but as Adam said we're not going to just disappear in the off season because it's the transfer window no it's not yeah you're stuck with us regardless but let us know when you want a pod get tweeting the the account if you're missing us that much god bless the ones that you are Um, but (laughs) if you're not then just keep calm it's cool we we don't take it personally it's fine 
we will take because purely just because we can't fill an hour every week just now when there's nothing happening. But and as much as you'd some... love MacIver to present an hour's case as to why Hart should sign Alex Cochran and break the bank for Ellis Sims, I don't think he's got it in him. I know he loves no, Cochran a bit, but I've got a full PowerPoint for Andy Carroll, mate. Like that, so that'll be coming as a special feature during the off season. So. Can't wait for that. That's probably episode 100 right there. Yes, exactly. Yep. I'm going to get him on to plead his case as to why he should go. But yes, we will be back during the off-season. Take a wee bit of a break. Then we'll be back because we're going to speak about all the transfers coming and going. And previewing the European tour. That small little matter that we've got to deal with. That does not... That that still just is not resonating in here. Could we (laughs) do like... Could we do like a Twitter Spaces or something with the draw, like when that's been made, and we could get everybody's thoughts? That'd be quite. I cool. don't know how Twitter Spaces work. Neither do I, sure. but I see myself think these do it, so I'll, I'll get I'll get on the case. If anybody else knows and just so happens to know, it, leave it in the comments. Let us know yeah. how to do it because I I have no idea, but yeah. it looks quite cool and it looks like a lot of fun. Well, until whenever that is, and until whenever we're back. A huge thank you for listening to this, if you have done. A huge thank you to anyone who's listened over the season. We really do appreciate it. We are at Perth Paisley on all the social media. You can get us there if you want to shout at us for how shite our predictions are. That'll be next season as well. I've got to do that, which is going to be some laugh. You can also get us Paisley at gmail.com if you want to fire us over an email there. If you are enjoying this show, please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. It massively helps us. And if you've been watching it on YouTube instead, please leave a like, subscribe and comment. That massively helps us as well. Adam, where can they get you on social media? Uh, They can get me on all the socials at Adam T. Kendall. And what about yourself, mate? I'm at dmcivor22. We'll be back at some point to discuss hopefully a new Peter Hagen contract, potentially any new signings, any outgoings. But until then... Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Keep the faith! Mother Jai Tease! <laughs>